Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the ROI Podcast, presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business here on the IUPUI campus in downtown Indianapolis. Of course, I'm your host, Shane Simmons, and I've got Phil Powell here beside me, as always, the Associate Dean of Academic Programs here for the Kelly School of Business. And Phil, today we're going to be jumping into company culture, but it's also kind of a kickoff to our tech series that we have here for the month of May. So, I know we've been talking about this throughout several different episodes, but a company's culture plays a critical role in the success of the individuals in that company and the organization as a whole, right? You know, Shane, you're right. And here is the irony. In a technology company, we think the fundamental driver of value are things like artificial intelligence, the coding, the electronic circuitry, but it's not. In the end, it's people, just like in any other organization. And what motivates people is the culture that they work in. And Phil, we have a prime example of that in this week's episode. Today, you're going to hear from Drew Lynn, who's the Chief Strategy Officer at Counterpart, a custom software development firm based right here in Indianapolis. And Shane, what Counterpart does is that they help organizations around the state of Indiana to innovate. That's their job, and they see software as the vehicle. Companies need to innovate. And software can help make that happen very quickly. But as the chief strategy officer at Counterpart, Drew says the company has been so successful throughout its existence because of the culture it has created. It's a tech company. And as we know, tech companies are truly disrupting the traditional work environment. And that works for Counterpart, which helps them deliver a better product. And that starts with the right team. We've got to have the right team. Personalities aren't all the same, but we rally around a common goal. Some of us are closer than others, but we all have a mutual respect for each other. Um, so the members of the team are a challenge. Um, luckily, we and it's what's interesting is we have we have several that are like founder level age and I mean great resource, and they all you know spend time mentoring, and then we've got this new younger under 30 group that you know that that looks at things differently but mesh well so you've got to make sure that uh, you know uh, the dynamics the chemistry that's that's in our environment is is solid the right people are in place there's a mix of age groups which bring experience and new ways of looking at projects issues and solutions to the table and one of the ways they are able to keep that culture that works for them is through flexible work hours, which Drew says only enhances the quality of work they're able to generate. We also not only don't track time, but uh, other than client meetings, you know, you can work from anywhere you want. Um, when you're hired, you're just given a budget. You go buy what technology you want. I don't care. And then every two years, you get another uh, allotment to go upgrade it or replace it. And then it's yours. Um, it's, it's how you want to do it, which really try to embrace the personality, um, because not everybody's the same. We're not all, I mean, I'm typically in the office eight ish until sometimes late. Um, we've got some that don't come in until 11 and then they work till seven, eight or nine. Shane, we are starting to see this type of environment more and more. The freedom to work from home or on your own schedule, but making the employees hold themselves accountable to completing their projects. And Drew says that's a big selling point and why people want to work for them. One of the biggest things has been just embracing the talents and strengths, um, expertise of the, the members on your team. 
you hired that person, you brought that person in to do a responsibility on your team, let them do it. And maybe it's not the way you know how to do it. Um, when you're building that culture, the culture is really what I'm talking about, right? You've got a team that's willing to do what they that, that you need them to do, and you want them to do it well. Otherwise, especially in this team, in this town, this community, you know, we're not very far disconnected from each other. And when you don't do something well to somebody else, it's eventually going to get around town. Well, that's not that's not going to be helpful for your business model. So, Shane, we've seen a very innovative approach here. Flexible work hours, letting employees manage themselves and their teams. They own it. They're not being looked over their shoulder by the boss. And Counterpart brings in a lot of diversity in terms of age and backgrounds. All that's important. But Drew says just as important is the issue of transparency. An organization where everybody knows what's going on. There's nothing being hidden by the management. And we've seen this at other companies we've interviewed, like One Click Ventures and Greenwood. And what Drew said about transparency is really interesting to hear. Transparency on all levels. You know, the company does well if everybody knows how it's doing, right? You can be running a marathon, but if you know, you know, if you don't realize you're gonna you're you're gonna end halfway through because you're out of energy. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna survive. So what we've done is not only on the financial transparency from the salary standpoint, where everybody's aware or can have access to know what everybody's making. Some of them don't care really, um, but it's also on the the company performance. So not only do we do full transparent P and L balance sheet um, performance uh, sessions at our at every week. We also get together Tuesdays for lunch. Um, we also, uh, overarching all of this is an employee, every employee profit sharing program. So everybody benefits. We know this, this quarter, um, because we invested, we brought on a couple new people and, um, just from, uh, we also chose to invest into uh, one particular, uh, client project that we're not going to have profit sharing this, this quarter. We are profitable but we're not going to have profit sharing because of that investment. Now, second and third quarters, we're primed for significant um, profit sharing. So we're all aligned on, hey, you know, everybody's aware of what's going on and where the money's being spent, and it just brings you a sense of a common goal. So um, we understand what sacrifices are going to happen. Some get involved in all of that, some don't. But um, I think that's been that's been a real motivator to keep us all aligned. And it's not a money thing; it's also the impact thing. Like impact. Remember when we discussed social impact investing in last week's episode? We are seeing this recurring theme. More companies are considering the impact they are making on the community. And in the case for Counterpart, helping other companies innovate and grow while having a positive impact on their employees and being completely fair and transparent in the way they do business with them. And Drew says their main goal is community impact. That's impact that helps everyone in the system. Those win-wins we've talked about. Absolutely. And yet again, we see a business that is successful for reasons you would never expect. Time and time again, counterpart will actually farm out business to its competitors. It emphasizes its impact on a larger community. It's not just about the bottom line. 
But ironically, by de-emphasizing the bottom line, they're financially successful. They're very profitable. They're a great place to work. It all comes back to great leadership and creative thinking and trying to create win-win scenarios in whatever market you're playing in. Well, that was a really interesting take by Drew on, on this interview because it's really all about helping others. Even like you mentioned, helping their competitors, farming out some of the business to them because they only want to take on so many projects. He mentioned it when you two were discussing and it didn't necessarily make the interview, but they said, you know, they're not going to be a, a sales force or these type of companies. They want to stay small so they can really focus on the individual companies they work with. But at the same time, they're actually helping those around them, whether it's their customers or their competitors and everybody wins. It goes back to the impact. So I thought that was really interesting and a really selfless way to look at growing and profiting a company. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the ROI podcast. We want to thank Drew Lynn for coming onto the podcast and sharing all of that with us. Really, really interesting. And again, this is a company that's been doing this for several years. This isn't anything new. And I think it shows kind of a shift in the way some folks are, are going to be doing business here coming up into the future. And be sure, if you haven't already, to subscribe to the ROI podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. We would love to hear from you and how we're doing. Other than that, we'll be back here with another tech-themed podcast next week.